the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome along. This is episode 216 of The Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This is episode 216 for the week beginning Monday the 10th of June 2013. My name is Edwin Herman and in fact our uh, most regular panellist Brett King, is, is a, he's, his computer's kind of suddenly decided to die so we couldn't really scramble any parts together in time, so instead we've got a couple of guests who, who I guess are really acting as panel members now, uh, and they've been on the show before, introducing Hingji Wang and Olive Sampson. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Awesome. Great. Good, thanks. Doing well. And how was the weekend? Anything interesting that happened on the weekend for either of you? Uh, not much. Nothing much. Um, we, we had a few discussions um, and watched a few movies. Yeah, that was a typical weekend. Now, you not know what? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll ask you what movies you watch, but, uh, it, you know, not being a movie buff, I'm probably not going to be able to join in the conversation much. <laughs> what did you, for the benefit of our, our listeners, what did you, what was the best movie you watched? Um, so we watched a movie called Parker, and it was a Jason Stratum, did I pronounce that right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Jason Stratton movie. We also watched um, The Place Beyond the yeah. Pines. Maybe maybe the most interesting thing about the weekend, but it wasn't this weekend, but it was the weekend before, um, when we went to the cinema and we actually saw Kim.com there as well, watching the same movie. Really? And I, hope you, went, just, I hope you went sitting behind him. <laughs> we were just a few seats away from him, which is surprising because um, he just came in out of nowhere. And yeah, so. Well, that's kind of exciting. How That's that's kind of like really, really exciting in a way. I mean. Yeah. That, for, for tech geeks like us, we were like, oh, my God. Not yeah. Did, were people going right up to him afterwards? or and- Um. Because he went in the cinema when the um, cinema is already dark, so no one actually noticed him except for those who are sitting um, close to him. Because we were at Hoyt's, um, at the, what do you call that lounge area? Uh, premium lounge or the gold class sort of equivalent of yeah, the cinemas. Right. Yeah, um... So yeah, he went in with his wife and some security as well. So it was All like right. interesting. So maybe this is proof he doesn't pirate these movies because he actually goes to the cinema to watch them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he's been ha- is he's been struggling to get his Twitter verified for a couple of weeks now and Twitter still won't verify his account and he's been tweeting while watching the movie because it was Fast and Furious 6. And he's been tweeting um, while the movie is going on and after as well. So I was like, that is definitely him. And like, it's obviously his account because he's been doing that. Um, So yeah, it was just exciting. And we managed to 
take a few photos afterwards <laughs> um, unintentionally because we went to well, we went straight to the um, toilets afterwards and apparently he's there as well outside not inside <laughs> yeah, where's <laughs> this conversation out- going <laughs> I know yeah we're like whoa it's you um, nice save yeah we're like we're, we're fans we're like <laughs> um, massive fans of yours so can we ha- take a photo and yeah so and we had a small chat in cool so, uh, um, so yeah it was he, he was really Did nice I- actually and he's he's uh, so he's a nice, friendly sort of a guy, approachable. Yep, he is. And um, since his wife is Filipina, my dad, well, my dad and my mom is with us as well that night. And my dad started talking in Filipino, and he actually re- responds back in Filipino as well. And they were laughing and yeah, chatting. Yeah, which is surprising because um, he's a He's a really tall guy. I feel like really small, like standing in front of him. <laughs> yeah, and can, yeah, he's really, really nice. Um, surprisingly. Um, but yeah. Did you tweet the photo? I I posted the photo of um Kim with my dad on my Instagram, but Hengi, he hasn't posted his photo with him yet. So yeah, I'll, I'll do it soon. I haven't had the time. <laughs> yeah, you'll need to tweet yeah. tweet that out or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, and I tweeted Kim that photo as well. Well, he's already following Notable before we saw him in person. Oh right. Yeah. He. And after that, he followed our personal accounts as well, which is like, whoa, <laughs> interesting. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, the only interaction I've had with Kim.com is online. And uh, I think he he said something along the lines of, um, uh, this is, this is by the way, uh, back when things were really difficult for him when, you know, yep. it, it just happened and there's all this media everywhere and there were more things mm-hmm. coming out. It was, you know, in, in the, yep. the midst of it all. And he said something about, um, thanks everyone for your support during this really, really tough time for, for myself and my family. And I tweeted back to that saying, sorry, I thought it was a tough time for the, um, you know, for the uh, police and the, the FBI and all that. And, he, and, he, and he, came, he came back with a smiley face and as a direct message. So that was kind of nice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that is very cool. I, I, I can't top that because <laughs> I, did, I did something kind of cool on the weekend too, but I guess not as cool as meeting Kim.com. I, I took part in a crowd of a thousand to film a television commercial. And it was, oh, wow. it was filmed at night. Uh, it was for Verizon. This is going to be a free ad for them. Uh, for Verizon Wireless. <laughs> they should be a New Zealand. sponsor. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, that'd be nice, actually. Yeah, no, it was filmed in New Zealand, but it's it's going to screen only in North America. So I guess it's just cheap labour, really. Um, well, seriously, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't think why, why else, you know. Uh, why would they do it here otherwise? And so basically, I, sh- I don't know if I'm allowed to give too much away, but I'll, I'll just say it involved using sparklers at night. I'll, I'll just say that. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, and man, we had some, not those sparklers that you just buy as part of the standard packs like these, we had some really sort of giant industrial sparklers <laughs> and man, you know, you get burnt uh-huh. on the scalp when those sparks, you know, <laughs> rain down on you. Did you manage to bring one home or something? Um, yeah, a couple. <laughs> I, I, I hope, I hope the film company isn't listening right now, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple. Let's just say it's a souvenir. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, it was it, it's kind of cool to see how how they did the whole thing, and and a lot of money went into it. And there was one funny part. Actually, I'll tell you this little funny part where they one of the streets they filmed on. Uh, I mean, this is this is a, a you know just an ordinary suburban street, and there's real houses and real people living there here in Wellington, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so there's some cars again, some real. You know, cars parked along the street, and what they'd done uh, just before setting up the shot and getting the uh, us extras into position is they quickly put on some New York number plates on on these cars. <laughs> well, anyway, one o- one owner of the car apparently managed to walk on set in the middle of take six or something, walk <laughs> on set, you know, in, in, in the closed off street, get into his car, drive off, causing the sound guy who was hiding behind his car and leaning on it out of camera shot to fall over, and drive away with his. New York number plate. And oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And all these guys, these official guys run after him and they went around the corner so I didn't see what happened. But um, Did and he, back? Yeah, I'm not sure. The, the car never came back. The car never came back. Whether they got their number plate back, I, I don't know. I couldn't see at that point. But, um, you know, wouldn't you think, you know, you come to get your car, you see hundreds of people in the street with sparklers and stuff. You see this big this huge, you know, movie camera at one end, a sound guy leaning against your car, another sound guy hidden in the bushes nearby, and people on megaphones, you know, barking orders. Wouldn't you think you might want to ask an official first to say, look, I need to move my car, when's a good time, can I do it now, rather than just jumping in and driving off? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't know, because I did a couple of films, and I think that... Um, in this situation, the film crew should have asked the permission of those car owners in the first place because um, we need to file a lot of papers just to get approvals from every single person. And I think, you know, that's what they want to avoid, like some piss off um, um, person who just wants to get out of the way of the shot as well. Um, yeah, and I can... And you're right, they, they, they should have, and I don't know whether they did or not, perhaps we can assume they didn't because of this, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I kind of would have thought, well, you know, even if they hadn't, permission had been sought, I mean, if it was me, I'd still go to someone and say, look, I, I, I'm, I'm going to move my, even to tell them, not even to ask, to say, you know, I'm going to move my yeah. car, um, <laughs> I, I need to drive somewhere, you know, yeah. uh, I need to it go. He must have seen the New York plates, so he must be like, "Oh yeah, I'm keeping that one." Yeah, maybe actually, <laughs> maybe that's what it was about. Exactly. Yeah, maybe. And he, and this, yeah. <laughs> maybe um, that's all it was about. Yeah, he saw the New York number plate and thought, "Right, I'm going to make off now." Uh, mm-hmm, trade me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we should check see if that's for sale now. <laughs> one New York number plate. Yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like we've all had an interesting weekend in one way or another. Now, for those of you who re- remember episode 185, uh, it's going back a little while now. Hingji, you were on that episode, right? Yes. Thank you for having me again. Oh, you're most welcome. Um, you were a, a guest on that episode where we talked about Notable, your note sharing app that uh, you and Al have co-founded along with uh, Jordan Toms. How is Notable doing, by the way? Notable is going really well. We've now got an office here right next to the university. Oh, wow. Received some investment funding and, um, yeah, it's going really well for us. That is fantastic. So have you managed to branch out quite a bit? Yep. um, We're currently present at around 20 to 23 countries at the moment. Wow. That went fast. Yeah. (laughs) And so far we've only managed to focus on New Zealand, but... 
Yeah. So all of, all of that, you know, all of those countries where users are picking up on using Notable is all just from word of mouth and organic growth. I yeah, guess. organic growth. Well, is that right? So you haven't sort of, if you like, gone into those countries as such yourselves to to, to stimulate that. Wow. Well, that that is that's that's notable. <laughs> <laughs> if I can use that, um, yeah, no, that that's fantastic, and and it it's really happened really quickly if you think about it. Because looking at my uh, date here, episode one hundred eighty five was on the uh, Monday, the twenty fourth of September two thousand and twelve. So what's that about nine eight nine months? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, oh, not long, not long at all. Oh, very good, excellent. So you, obviously you're both happy with the way it's going. Yeah, definitely. And is Jordan still involved? Yes, he is still involved. Um, we still meet on a almost daily basis and talk about all sorts of things about you know how we can. Improve yeah, our unfortunately, he couldn't be with us to, um, tonight because um, he's actually sleeping. He's in San Francisco at the moment. So. Oh, is he right? Yep. Right. Oh, well, that's that's great. So that's that's really good news. So. Um, yeah, look, let, let, we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on Notable.ac, if I remember correctly. Is that, is that yes. correct? Yeah. Yep. AC, yep. academic, that's how that came about, right? Yep. Because Notable.com is taken, right? Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah. almost every other Notable domain is taken. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. What is, I wonder what Notable.com is. I'm just on a tangent here. I think so, it was a sound recording production. Oh, yeah, I've just gone there now, yeah. So whoever owns that, you know, feel free to give it to us. <laughs> I like the way you say give it to us. Not not sell it to us, but just yeah. Yeah, donate it to us. If it's it like a donation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. If, if, if the owner of Notable.com is listening, there you go. You might want to do something really nice. We would be happy to replace it with something, you know, better and <laughs> for his company. I think it was a production company. Last time I checked, it was a production company. Yeah, um, although it, the, the last entry, it looks like a sort of, you're right, it is. It, it's, you know, uh, according to what I'm looking at, it looks like a, a production company. Uh, the last entry uh, on, on the sort of blog was August 2012. So you never know, that might be, might be, yeah. you could go into some discussions there perhaps. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving along from that, uh, so we've got you back on the show and uh, and you're going to join us and talk tech, right? Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Oh, well, it'll be fun. <laughs> Tell you what, let's look at what's coming up in this episode of The Boys at Tech. The big story at the moment, of course, is the uh, NSA PRISM uh, leak uh, that's uh, happened over the last few days. Also, Microsoft clarifies its position on pre-owned games for the Xbox One. We're going to talk about uh, captures. And also, I'm going to save the best story for last, a lawnmower, a ride-on lawnmower, capable of 210 kilometers an hour, uh, Honda rises to the challenge from, uh, what is it, Top, uh, top Gear, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Top Gear. So we'll talk about that in a sec. But first of all, this whole prism thing. So Edward Snowden, I think, came out and uh, actually said, and, identified himself as the person who leaked information to the UK's Guardian newspaper about the US surveillance programs. So he's come out and said, yep, yeah, it was me. He's gone to, where is he now? Is he in Hong Kong, I think? Yeah, he's in Hong Yeah, he was working in Hawaii um, for the NSA and then he's flown um, on vacation. He asked for leave and um, he flew, I think, with his girlfriend to Hong Kong. I was wondering, so the, his girlfriend actually went with him? I, I think so. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but that was 
It was yeah, something I, I read today. Yeah. yeah, right. Of course, the um, the whole prism thing is uh, well, no one really knows. But he, what he says is that uh, pretty much all the, all the big organisations like we've got Google, Apple, Microsoft. Who else was in there? I think uh, uh, Facebook. Oh yeah, Facebook. Twitter, yeah. Um, Microsoft. Verizon. Verizon. Actually, Verizon. Verizon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Maybe they were there watching the ad being done on on the weekend as well. Uh, yeah. Look. Yeah, that's right. That they all send pretty much all the logs, I think, or, or uh, metadata at least, uh, off to the NSA or the NSA rather the other way come in and t- take that data uh, as part of the uh, national surveillance. And, of course, he, he said uh, that he uh, – well, I, this is not a quote, but he – well, actually, he, there is a quote from him. Here we go. He said, I don't want to live in a society that does these sorts of things. I do not want to live in a world where everything I do and say is recorded. So he's kind of like, if you like, the whistleblower on this whole thing. Because the other side of this, of course, is that those organisations have denied uh, participation in this PRISM program, right? Yep. Yes. And what what's interesting is a number of other sort of publications like New York Times, The Guardian, um, just to name a few, have independently verified through their own sources that uh, access like this does exist. So it might not be exactly direct access to the servers, but it, it's you know effectively that. Yeah, look, I heard a while ago, some years ago, in fact, uh, conjecture that the U.S. authorities have, like in the case of Facebook, uh, basically have access to an API to, you know, to put calls through to an API and get a whole bunch of data whenever they want. And I wasn't surprised, you know, if that's the level it's at, I mean, you know, I wasn't surprised at the time. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing is is another matter, but, you know, I wasn't surprised. I'm not surprised either. I mean, this has been going on with, um, I think, a program, uh, I'm not sure if I pronounce it right, Echelon, um, you know, back in the 90s. Oh, Echelon, yeah. Echelon, yeah. And, you know, um, it was a while ago as well, they reported that the New York uh, PD was using Facebook and Instagram to fight crime. So, you know, supposedly they had some sort of, like, unit of police officers scouring the internet on Facebook and Instagram and, and probably other sources as well, looking for people posting, you know, things like, you know, hey, maybe I, I stole this and et cetera, et cetera, and they could track these people down and um, arrest them. And the, the other part to that as well is, if you think about it, Facebook is is just is so valuable in terms of the metadata there because – you know, you've got a connection of who knows who, and and yeah, people are freely, you know, link up and you know with people and on, on Facebook. So instantly, you know, they can, I guess, identify who's sort of dealing with who and who knows who and and, and that sort of stuff. So it's actually really, really valuable in that sense to, to the authorities. I think they're kind of two levels of surveillance, surveillance right? There's, uh, you know, uh, gathering of actual data and then there's gathering of metadata. So metadata would be like, you know, who's connected to who on Facebook. In the case of phone calls, who's called who for how long, on what day and time, that kind of thing. Yeah. As, a, as opposed to the actual recording of a phone call or the actual conversations happening on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I guess it ultimately, whether it is metadata or actual data, it comes down towards, you know, whether or not people expect a reasonable level of privacy with that data. You know, so in the case of metadata, the reason why so many people are outraged is also because um, 
when Verizon was providing NSA with data about their phone calls, it was also recording their locations of which the call was from. So, uh, oh, I see. And and it wasn't just you know locations of criminals. Reportedly, it was locations of every single every person single, yeah. making calls on Verizon, making calls on AT and T. Now, obviously, I, I think you know we all agree that there ha- that there will be and needs to be, unfortunately, a certain level of, of surveillance. But you know, I guess the authorities need a certain amount of information to tap into when they need it. Uh, I guess the question is how much, right? Exactly, and when. <laughs> yeah, and when, and, yeah. and how, and, and all that sort of stuff. I, I think it's a, it is a fine line because if you if you put the, you know, if if it gets weighted too far one way, and the authorities need to go through so much red tape to do anything, the criminals will will know about that. They'll figure out how to get around things and 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 and, and so on. Of course, the flip side is, you know, do we really want to be live in an Orwellian society where? So that's the, I guess, a delicate balancing act that they're perhaps not doing such a good job of. <laughs> yes, yeah, certainly. And it doesn't also help that, you know, although Obama has said that, you know, different branches of the government, um, so uh, there, there's the legislative branch that has said that, you know, we've got an oversight committee that everything's okay. Um, they're basically telling the public, you know, hey, Trust us, uh, everything's okay. Your liber- civil liberties are being protected, but there's also the um, um, the courts, which I, I forgot the name exact name for them, but they've they've also got some oversight as well. But they're also very secretive about you know how that oversight occurs, and the opinions, the court opinions on that is all you know top secret and hidden away. So the reality is there isn't any oversight. You know, it's it's more just you know just trust us and. Let us do our jobs. Yeah, you're right. The moment that something becomes super secret, as you say, there is no oversight. And that I think that, you know, that's a factor in, in people's reaction to this because, you know, if it was uh, if you like, perhaps a bit more open as to what is collected and when. Of course, again, the flip side, though, because I can see you can see both sides. The flip side is the more you tell people the, uh, about what's been collected, the more um, the more help you're giving them to, to get around that, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but, you know, if, if you're a super criminal, I, I, I would probably assume or they would probably assume that everything is, you know, you can listen into everything, you should probably encrypt everything, um, all your communications, all the storage um, that you're doing onto, you know, all sorts of different devices. So, I, I you know, if, if a criminal is already doing that, then I don't see the point of, exactly you know, Tracking all this or mm, tapping into yeah. this. Yeah, that, that is true. That is a very good point. I mean, the downside of having no, I guess, public scrutiny over this is basically what happens to a GSCB uh, or GCSB, where, you know, the guys there or the agency were, were uh, tapping into a New Zealand resident, in which case it was Tim.com, who was under law, that is actually illegal. It's interesting, of course, this is uh, um, here in New Zealand. It, it is an interesting, of course, that uh, there was no ramifications that came out of that, were there? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, a few heads got rolled over, but the, I guess, fundamentals of, of GSSB is, is still there. But they also went through with a, a, a law change as well, didn't they? 
Uh, given greater, uh, I think now the can't the uh, GCSB now spy on New Zealanders. I think wasn't that one of the things that came out of that? They they basically changed the law. So instead of saying, well, you're naughty, you shouldn't do it. You should that should be the SIS. They've said, well, okay, we'll just change the law to to say that you can now. I think they were thinking of changing the law. I think they have bills before the House that are being discussed or voted on right now, which is why it was in the media today about it. Oh, right. I didn't see yeah. that. Okay. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. So on to Microsoft. Now, this one is sort of, I guess, had people uh, a little worried for a while because it wasn't entirely clear what Microsoft's position was on pre-owned Xbox console titles. And so that Microsoft, I think you may, you guys may have seen that in the uh, in the news recently, that they've come out and clarified it and said that you will be able to trade in your games at participating retailers only and i think the other thing was you can also uh, pass on your games to friends but only people who have been on your friends list for at least 30 days and that can only be done once per game does that sound fair do you think is that is that kind of a good sort of middle ground personally i think it's still not enough like i i no longer play games i used to when i was in high school and like early uni but um i still prefer something more flexible and actually limiting your freedom to whoever you want to give that game or whatever um or if you want to trade it up or something Um, because i have a couple of experiences wherein i would give a certain game to my brother who uses a different console than I do or a different computer. And then he will afterwards give it to his friend or some of our cousins. But yeah, like I'm not, I'm not quite impressed yet with what they're offering right now. Right. So it's, so in your opinion, it's not flexible enough. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think it's flexible enough either. I mean, The only reason why you would share a game with someone else is if it's a good game, right? And any sort of positive um, enforcement that, you know, this game is awesome, you should play it, is always always typically a good thing. And I think game makers should really capitalize on that and not try and force everyone to pay up front or even if not paying up front because, you know, you can potentially give this game to someone else. Those limitations, I think, would still stifle the, um, I guess, the word is virality of the game. Exactly. Mm, Yeah, there is. It'll be interesting to see what Sony does with its uh, PlayStation, uh, with its console, the PlayStation, when that comes out. It'll be interesting to see what their stance is going to be. Yeah, definitely. The PlayStation 4. Yeah, the PlayStation 4. Because Microsoft, having gone through this, perhaps, you know, if Sony's smart, they will be learning from this and hopefully figuring out what the the right way to do it is uh, if this turns out not to be the best way but um yeah so i guess we'll have to watch that space now captures love them or hate them what do you think image hate captures hate them hate them they're ugly <laughs> oh yeah yeah and it takes a lot of time i don't know if it tells me that um my eyesight is really bad or <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm not smart enough to figure out what is in my screen but i think it's it's an unnecessary destruction it's um yeah to anything that i do so i i'm totally against <laughs> captures at the moment it's more of an eye test isn't it now really 
Mm-hmm. It's become really challenging. Like some of them, I, I'm staring at them. I'm going like, I can't read that. I can't read exactly. that. Exactly. And more and more, I find myself having to hit that refresh button until I find something kind of just mm. a bit more recognizable. Exactly. Um, yeah. And since we have our own website, we, we've we thought about, you know, do shall we have a capture or not? That kind of thing. But we decided not to because it's, we think there are other better ways to prevent bots and spammers than actually using a CAPTCHA. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Yeah, Angie? so, you know, just something that we do personally is we run some basic JavaScript to make sure that, you know, it's, it's something that can execute JavaScript. Something just as basic as that would prevent bots from signing up. Ah, right, because I don't respond to JavaScript, right? Uh, yeah, most bots don't. So, you know, and there's a lot of other things that you can do and techniques that you can take advantage of that you can avoid catch bits. Um, and it's just as effective as well. And, you know, in terms of contact forms, you know, what I've done for my sites is, uh, and, and this goes for comments forms as well, like if boysatech.com in the comments field, you know, yeah. my stance was uh, let's start without them. And, and see what we can do. And if it comes to that, so kind of like we'll use a capture as a last resort. Uh-huh. So, you know, I've had to moderate some of the comments manually, but, you know, not a lot of our people uh, do leave comments, but there have been some. There have been a, a string of comments that were very suspicious and uh, so they, they were removed and that was manual. But, you know, if the volumes do get too large, you know, um, you know, after trying some other techniques, you know, if it comes down to having to use a capture, I guess I'll have to, but it certainly won't be the first thing. Uh, and the audio ones, because I sometimes just for fun, I'll, do, I'll listen to an audio one. Can, can you can you solve those things? <laughs> no, no, I tried that before and I freaked out. I thought there was some interference from somewhere out of space. That it just like yeah, exactly. It, it's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll play one now and we'll see if we can if you can figure this one out. Take a listen to this. That is completely, take me to your leader. I mean, you know, what is that? I mean, I I could not make, sometimes I think I'm I'm hearing like a whole heap of different numbers, like four, seven, one, eight, you know, and then other times it sounds like it's just random alien talk. Yeah. The surprising thing about this is there were a trio of hackers not too long ago. Let me see when, when it was. So in, in June 1st, 2012, three hackers was able to actually break through the uh, recatchper system with um, an accuracy of 99%. Really? So they, they broke the audio-based uh, capture mm-hmm. and, you know, through just, you know, a few simple techniques and also because their system was actually broken in, in some sense. So what I mean by that is they only had uh, 58 unique words that they would use and recycle around. Just and, you know, each, each time they actually played the the catchper, it would capture. be... Sorry, capture. <laughs> it's done to It would be varied, but it, it's still effectively the same set of, you know, words. So what so, did they do to it? So they were able to put these words for a spectrometer 
did some signal analysis for us and they were able to detect, you know, which words we what. And um, basically they put it through a neural network and they were able to, uh, yeah, they were able to get a 99.1% accuracy or success rate in solving uh, about 17,000 catchpers. That is really, that's a good rate. So it's not, if I've understood you correctly, what, but they, it's not like they've invented this super accurate speech-to-text engine, right? Or, or have they? No, it's, it's not so much um, a super accurate speech-to-text. It's more just um, detecting different patterns that are common in the uh, audios that Google provide. And then through that, they're able to just try and figure out which words are what. And, and who, sorry, who was only using a limit of 50 words? Is that the Google... Google. Yeah, Google. the Google so did, system. So did they know that? Did they know that there was a limited a limited set of words and what those words were? Or I, I think Google themselves knew, but they also probably did it because you know they it, it probably wasn't something they spent a lot of time on. Um, they probably spend more time on the image-based captures. Well, if it sounds like what we heard, it doesn't sound like they spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> <laughs> They yeah. must have outsourced it somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. They, those audio ones are really, really bad. Yeah. I mean, the, the, there are better alternatives out there because uh, capture really just needs to be, you know, you really just need to do something that a human being is really good at that a computer is also really bad at. And there's a ton of other things out there that humans are really good at. Image recognition as well. Yeah, I was just going to say image recognition. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so it doesn't even need to be text. It could be images of cats and dogs. Um, it could be just um, so there was a list of them that someone posted a while ago. Logic questions is also a good one. I like those ones who ask you, like, what is this image? And what do you call those? Image recognition. Yeah, image recognition. Yeah. Um, this is something that historically computers are really bad at. The, the the only thing with that is that you you have um you you can you can get cultural barriers with that, whereas with, with a word even if it's in a different language you can still type the letters down right from your keyboard you just copy them like, that looks like an F that looks like an A and so on. Yeah. Although you could argue there, of course, not everyone uses the Latin alphabet either. But uh, with images, you do you do have that sort of cult. I mean, you know, you, you can get places that have never seen a dog before, and and you know, even if it was available in their sure. language, you know. I don't know what the animal is. It looks like a wolf. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, but you're right. I mean, you know, from, from you know, the, the, the goal is to find, as you said, Hingji, is to find something that humans do really well and really easily and quickly that is very, very difficult to program a computer to do. And, and uh, yeah, um, I, I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure the reason these are getting more challenging is because you do get, and you gave an example before, uh, you do get uh, more and more captures being broken uh, at better success rates, and so they're trying to get them more challenging. But now it's kind of got to the point where it's challenging for humans. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I read somewhere that the average amount of time to solve a capture is, I think, 28 point something seconds. Yeah, I saw that stat. It was something like that, yeah. Um, and, and that's just – it's really perhaps I think too long. But what do you do? Um I don't know. Like I say, I, I, I kind of do use them, but not right off the bat. 
Let's talk about Honda's uh, acceptance of a challenge by Top Gear. So this th- I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this will be fun. So, so here's the thing. Top Gear have given uh, a, a challenge to build a lawnmower, a ride-on lawnmower, that's still capable of cutting the grass whilst right. travelling 130 miles per hour. That's 210 kilometres an hour. <laughs> why why i i don't know so they actually said why they said the grass needed mowing and everything on the market seemed a bit slow why take an hour to mow a football pitch when you can do it in five minutes (laughs) that's not a reason though is it (laughs) well actually it's as good a reason as any why not right and so of course honda's uh risen up to the challenge good on them uh there's a little video out i think a sneak preview of them just uh revving the engine basically i think in a workshop yeah uh, <laughs> this thing would be fun. Hey, look, I'd be willing to mow people's lawn. In fact, I'd pay to mow someone's lawn if I could mow, mow it on that thing. Exactly. <laughs> Especially here in New Zealand. Um, is it correct that we maintain some fields um, and they actually mow, mow it for like every month or so? Yeah, I, I, think, I think so, yes. Yeah. I think there are so areas be, of Dockland and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, that'd exactly. That would be really good. I would be willing to do that, honestly, during, especially during the summer. Can you just imagine, like, that would be what cool. <laughs> It'd be funny. It'd actually be really funny to watch, though. You know? It's exactly. like speeding at 200 k's, and, 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 but it's cutting the lawn at the same time. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, here's, here's an idea. Take all the boy racers out there and just give oh, them these motors yes. and just get them to mow our lawns. I mean, yes. it saves yeah. us money, um, saves the taxpayer money, and also, you know, gets rid of this yeah. boy racer problem. Yes. Yeah, I, I think, what, yeah. Why has no one said this before? That's brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. And well, I think the government spends, like, millions every year just to get those um, lawns maintained, yeah. lawns maintained, so... That would be really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get them on those. Uh, yeah, look, in, in fact, even if I can't drive one of these things, I want to be, I want to see one. I just want to see it. I want to witness one of these things <laughs> being, you know, being used to make the lawns. <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to the videos that come out of this from Honda or Top Gear or whoever. When is it finishing, though? So there's actually yeah, a know. racing competition, like a lawnmower racing competition, that Top Gear couldn't enter because they – over-modified their lawnmower. <laughs> oh, really? Did they? Oh, so it's because there's, there's an official sort of class for this, isn't there? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, isn't that? Um, actually, by the way, I've just found found a date. I think the the deadline for the challenge, at least, is 17th of June this year. Okay. Wow. But so I, I don't know. <laughs> so the but next, I don't know how quickly that's going to – sorry, Hengji? The next podcast. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, yeah, exactly. That will coincide with the next podcast. But here's the thing: I don't know how quickly this is going to sort of come out. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing this might actually. It's Top Gear magazine, not Top Gear show. The show. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure where, how this is going to come out, and where, and, and whatnot. So, I mean, yeah, the challenge is is uh, in 17th of June. But when are we going to see something on, on the internet or on TV? I have no idea. Uh, yeah. It could be weeks or months maybe after that who knows yeah. Uh, so yeah <laughs> but it should be able to accelerate from 0 to 60 miles an hour that's uh, 100k isn't it uh, 0 to 100 in 4 seconds wow <laughs> and I like, like a I like, sports car yeah, yeah I know exactly uh, you know in fact doesn't, wouldn't that be embarrassing I mean that thing would outstrip my car <laughs> not, <laughs> not that my car is anything flash 
All right, but you know, uh, it's still crazy. Uh, I like the comment, by the way, from Piers Ward from uh, uh, Top Gear magazine. He says, "There's no scientific reason why we asked Honda to build this. <laughs> There's no scientific reason, really. It's just because it, it comes back to what, what, what you read out before, Hingji. It's just that you know, they decided everything's a bit slow. Can we make something faster? Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Honda should test it here in New Zealand. So yeah, we should get them here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if anyone. Anyone from Honda is listening to this, like they should send a couple here in New Zealand and we'll Yes, test it. good call. Absolutely. So hopefully someone from Honda is listening to this. <laughs> all right, look, that's all I had planned for this week. And you know what? You, you guys have both perfectly stepped into uh, Brett's shoes very well indeed. This was unplanned. Brett's computer's on the blink. Uh, and, <laughs> and like we say, we couldn't scramble bits together quick enough. So. You know, when we asked you to to come on the show, it wasn't to replace Brett. Uh, Brett was supposed to be <laughs> here with us, but, no but in fact, you have done a, a fantastic job of, of being Brett. <laughs> so well done. <laughs> yeah, and I'd I'd be happy to do it again as well. It's a very it's very fun and enjoyable. Oh, well, you know what? You're most welcome to join us anytime you like. So I'll tell you what: we'll get you uh, both on again whenever you like. And in fact, you know, if if I don't know uh, whether Jordan's just as keen, but if he is, he's uh, you know, in a similar vein, he's he's uh, just as welcome. So, look, Hingji and Olive, thank you very, very much for for co-hosting. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's it's my pleasure. And uh, look, uh, good luck with. Uh, it doesn't sound like you need any luck, but uh, you know, good luck as they say with uh, Notable AC. All the same. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. All right, and uh, all luck to me. Sorry, is it, can you say that again? We need all the luck in the world. Oh, look, uh, the way yeah. it's going, it doesn't sound like you do, really. Um, you, it sounds like you've done absolutely fantastically well. So we'll do the show again next week. Uh, until then, folks, take care and don't forget to check us out, boysatech.com. Till then, goodbye. Um, I realised I didn't ask <laughs> to tell people who you guys were. <laughs> then, yeah, the connection to notable. <laughs> you guys are sitting there thinking, when's he going to mention that? He said he would. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of like behind the scenes, you know. This is how it happens a lot, and, and it just all sounds smooth when when people listen. They have no idea. Just like when people watch the the, uh, the Verizon wireless ad, um, ad when it comes out on TV over there, they'll have no idea it was filmed in New Zealand. You know, the giveaway signs were ripped out of the street and they replaced all the bus stop the bus stop um, posters with Verizon posters. It, it just looks like the States. I love 